That's your job. So, y'all, may the peace of Christ be with you today. Thank you. Please stand, extend that peace to each other, and find out where people are from. All right. Hello. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. I love this. If you're watching us online, you just see a bunch of heads walking around. That's because we're we're connecting. We're we're sharing the peace of God. So I'm glad you're here. And I have a couple announcements for you here with us today and for you in cyber world land. Um, The first one is, oh, y'all. It's the first Sunday of the month, which means it's Potluck Sunday. And I'm telling you, I think I've mentioned this before, but when I was in college, I traveled for four years in a singing group uh, to churches, and they would have a potluck every Sunday, and there are some sketchy potlucks out there. Our potlucks are pretty amazing. And so 
if you came today and you didn't bring anything, that's all right. We didn't expect you to. We've got plenty. Come and stay and just connect with people. But potluck is today, and I'm super excited. It'll happen right after the service. If you're watching us online and you're in Port Orange, you've got till about 12 to get here. So after service is over, that'll give you about 20, 30 minutes. Drive on over, and we'd love to see you here, right? The second thing, I want to say a big thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yesterday, we shoveled, I'm guessing, 100, 150, um, yeah, barrels of wood chips. Um, I, I took this picture after Jason had to leave and my daughters um, were gone, but we're there and I'm even allowing Corey, the Kansas, the Kansas mug, because we have so many people from Kansas here. So that, that made the picture. I'm telling you, I feel like we're like East Kansas because of so many Kansans that are here. But we had a great time. But here's the problem. We have two playgrounds. We only got one finished because there was so much to do. We have a second playground that needs to be done. So here's what I'm hoping you'll help me with. Tuesday night, I'm going to be here shoveling, and I'm hoping I won't be alone. But we need to fill the other playground with some mulch or wood chips. And if I had five or six of you, we could have it done in an hour. If I have none of you, it's going to take me about four evenings. So I'm really hoping that y'all will help me out. We're doing this because Bright Beginnings starts a week from tomorrow, and we, we have a great preschool, and we want them to start the year off on a good foot, and a lot of that has to do with being able to play in a playground that rocks. And so if you could help me, let me know after service. And the other thing is, there's a way for you to help. Wednesday. So come and do the chips, and then Wednesday, come and you can say, hey, these are the families that I just served for. And you can help us serve burgers to the parents and the kids that are coming to meet the teachers. We want to have enough people here that the teachers don't have to do the serving because they need to be in the classrooms connecting with parents and kids. And so if I can get six or eight of you, I've, I've already got a couple of that have said that they're going to help. If you can help us, that would be great. Let me know after service. So Tuesday and Wednesday, I know, two days in a row. Wow. You can do it. We can do this together, all right? Um, and I think that's it for me. Yes. Tuesday, we want to wait till it gets a little cooler, so I'm thinking like 7. So, yeah, midnight, yeah. That, so, yeah, November 9th, no. No, I'm thinking 7. If we go from 7 to 8, we'll still have light, but it'll be cooling off. Now, there will be Celebrate Recovery going on, so I know that knocks some of you out. But if you're able, if we work really hard, we could shovel quickly and then join the second half of CR. Right, Danny? Yes. There you go. So 7 o'clock Tuesday and then 5 to 7 on Wednesday. Thanks. Yesterday, am I on here? All right. Yesterday I, I met with a couple. Um, they minister at another church in Florida. But they, God has really been tugging at their heart to do something different. And... So they came, we spent the day together, talked, and what God is asking them to do is offer up something from their life, and that something is comfort. 
you know, to serve traditionally in a traditional church is very comfortable for a minister. But God is asking them to do something, and what they can see is that God is saying, if you will follow my lead, basically I will take the, the chicken nugget that you have out of each hand, and I'll put a 20-piece in each hand. I don't, know if, I don't know if you all understand that kind of logic, but uh, I'm not talking about money. Uh, maybe I'm, I don't know. I, I'm talking about our lives as Christ followers. So as we come to this time of offering, I want us to just seek, listen, search, talk to God about that thing he's been pulling on our heart about. God, how can I offer up something in my life? It might be comfort. It might be other things. I don't know. But how do we best connect with him? Because what he has in store for us in our offering of our lives as servants is beyond anything we could ever imagine. And that's what that young couple came to talk about. And uh, I'm hoping that they will get past the fear and take those next steps of doing well, something that most Christian ministers and leaders would say, hey, that's, that's a bad idea, that's dumb. But it is something that we need if we really have got to just connect with a world that is hurting and without hope. That's what it comes to, right? As Christ followers, we are called to be disciple makers. Let's be honest. How many disciples do you, be see, do you see being made in churches in the United States these days? The number is close to zero. We have got to listen up and say, God, how can we offer ourselves to something brand new? Not it's going to be the worst thing we ever did, but honestly, the best thing we ever did. So the, the magic word of the day here is fear. What is that fear that is that wall, that barrier to us connecting with God in the way that he wants us to connect? Let's pray. Father, we praise you. Being in relationship with you, learning how you love us, letting you love us how you want to, is the greatest thing, way beyond anything I could have ever imagined. But Lord, help me, help my brothers and sisters, help Christians everywhere to, to knock down those barriers put up by fear so that we can truly be who we were called to be, so that we can truly serve you, Lord, so that we can be the best version of who you want us to be. Lord, we just want to offer our lives up to you as you have promised so many great things. And we are ready for this adventure you've got us on. We praise you. In your name, amen. God in heaven, your name is holy. Bring your kingdom to earth. Do whatever you see fit, Lord. As above, so below. Give us what we need for today. Forgive us for what we've done. And help us to forgive those who have wronged us. And keep us from evil. Everything is yours, God. Forever and ever.
microphone. Um, will you read with me? We haven't, we haven't prayed this prayer in a long time, but it's a prayer for understanding. As we launch into the Lord's Prayer, we want to um, make sure that our hearts and minds are focused. So will you pray with me? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. All right. Well, we are, um, first of all, um, kudos to you. I gave you three challenges last week, and the first one was make church a priority and come to church. So, kudos. Some of you don't even realize that you've already aced the first one. Uh, Thank you for being here. The second one, I encourage you, um, and if you forgot it, that's okay, maybe next week, bring your Bible with you. I know that we uh, use apps a lot, but man, there's just something about getting in here and being able to write notes. Hey, Roger Bryan, getting able to write notes right there. Um, Maybe it's not for you, but that's one of the challenges. And the third one was invite a friend. I'm hoping that some of you invited a friend. And if you did, good job. You're three for three. That's awesome. One last housekeeping thing. Um, I said it at the beginning, but if you came a little late, we want you to get as much out of this series as we can. So um, we've got journals up here, and we've got Pionaz pens, green and blue. And if you want to come and grab one at any time and take notes, I think taking notes in the front is great, and then you can flip it over to the back and write your prayer request and leave space for when God answers that prayer so that you can write down, I prayed for Jill about this, and then God answered it on this date, and he answered this way. That will help you. That will strengthen you as you pray more and more. You'll be able to see, I know God answers prayer because I've been keeping record of God answering prayer. So I invite you to grab one. Um, it's a great thing. So there was this father one time. And he was walking past his daughter's room. And he, the door was open just a crack. He saw the daughter and she was kneeling and she was praying. He's like, oh, that's sweet. I wonder what she's praying. And so he listened in. He heard A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And she was just saying the alphabet over and over again. And She went through the cycle a couple of times, and he's like, I, I, what's going on? So finally, he's like, I don't want to interrupt her prayers, but I got to figure this out. And so he went and he's like, hey, sweetie, what you doing? I'm praying. Really? Well, I noticed that you're saying the alphabet over and over again. So, so what's going, what's going on with that? She said, well, I started my prayer, but I wasn't sure what to pray. So I decided just to say all the letters of the alphabet and let God put them in the order that he wanted. Isn't that great? It reminded me of um, a quote from a 16th century Anglican, Richard Sibbs, and he says this. Uh-oh, you with me, Timmy? <laughs> He's taking notes. Good story about God can take sense out of a confused prayer. Aren't you thankful for that? Scripture says when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit helps us and intercedes for us. So, so let me just start off. A lot of you say, I don't know how to pray. It's okay. Start where you are. 
God can make sense out of a confused prayer. But let's step back a little. Have you ever felt confused when you pray? Have you ever like knelt down or you sat down and it's like, I'm going to spend some time praying and you make it about 19 seconds and you're like, I'm out. I, I don't know what else to pray for. I, I don't know how to connect with the divine. I don't know, I don't have a clue what to say in the moment. I think a lot of us don't pray as much as we should simply because we don't think we know how to pray. So we're going to be spending a significant amount of time in the Lord's Prayer over the next few weeks. There are, um, there are scholars that say that every prayer you can ever pray can be categorized under a portion of the Lord's Prayer. It is, theologians for centuries have said, the perfect prayer with every need mentioned. Maybe not specifically, but every category mentioned. And so we're going to be spending, today we're going to be talking about our Father. And over the course of the weeks, we will fill up one pallet and then a second pallet as we finish up the Lord's Prayer. So I encourage you, if this is your first week, stick with us. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great ride. You're going to love it. And one of the challenges that I want to give you is to memorize the Lord's Prayer. Now, a lot of you may have it memorized, and that's awesome. A lot of you may not, and that's okay. But I think it would be good, a good practice just for us to uh, memorize the Lord's Prayer. So why don't we say it together, and I'm going to use um, a version of the NIV, and it says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Say it with me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I decided to avoid the whole trespasses and trespasses because it's too many syllables. Anyway, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Wow. Now, we call that the Lord's Prayer, but we probably need to clarify that is a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. It's not necessarily the Lord's Prayer. And we believe that because if it were the Lord's Prayer, we run into some theological problems when we get to the forgive us our sins as we forgive our forgive us our debt like forgive us our sins because we believe that Jesus fully God and fully man was the spotless lamb of God and so this actually is dubbed the Lord's prayer but maybe a better title would be the disciples prayer because Jesus was teaching them this is how you should pray and these are the things that you will be dealing with I love a lot of um, other Christian sects call it the our father that's easy enough first two words hey it's the our father it's a blueprint to help us better understand how to pray and connect with God. So, one of the struggles that I have is I feel like when we see the word our Father, we lose some of the earth-shaking power that is found in those two words. I mean, Jesus had referred to his heavenly Father a ton of times, but that was Jesus. 
typical Jew of that day would never have started off a prayer with our Father. They would never have done that. In fact, for many in the crowd that were hearing the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said, pray like this, our Father, chances are a good percentage of them would have thought, Jesus just committed blasphemy and broke the the second commandment. By taking the Lord's name in vain. By being so casual with the name of God that he would just say our Father. And so the fact that Jesus tells us to pray our Father, this is revolutionary. This is earth-shaking. Jesus is rewriting the whole rules for how we approach a holy God. There's a, a, a guy, Dr. Larry Petten, and he says it this way. God is only referred to as Father 14 times in the Old Testament 39 books. Now, there are times he's, it's alluded to like God is like a father or God as a father does this. But there are only 14 times in the Old Testament, and even then, it's rather impersonally. In those 14 occurrences of fathers, the term was always used with reference to the nation of Israel. I am the father of Israel. In the entire Old Testament, you will not find one individual speaking to God as Father. That's how earth-changing and shattering this is. Now you know how shocking it was to the Jews who heard Jesus say in the New Testament that we begin to pray with a personal relationship to God who is our Father in heaven. Fourteen times in the Old Testament, God is referred to as Father. Now let's compare that to just the Sermon on the Mount. Three chapters in Matthew, Jesus refers to God as our Father 17 times. More times than the entire Old Testament. Take a moment. Think about how impactful that is. Jesus is rewriting the narrative. So what does it mean for God to be our Father? So what does it mean for God to want to have this relationship with you and me in that type of way? And so I started thinking, well, let's start talking about what are some characteristics of a father, and maybe we'll get closer to the heart of what it means for God to be our Father. First thing is, Father is approachable. Father's in your life. A Father is accessible, easy to talk with. Hebrews tells us this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. There's no working around it. God is accessible. God is approachable so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Our God, God our Father, is an approachable Father. A Father is trustworthy. You can rely on a Father to meet your needs. Psalm 9 says this, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. God as our Father is trustworthy. A Father provides for needs. Now we talked about this, I think it was two weeks ago. When you go into your prayer closet, that word pamion actually is like a storeroom. 
And we talked about how it's the firstborn son's responsibility to make sure that everything that you will need is in the storeroom in advance of your needs. And the firstborn son goes and makes all the provisions in the name of the father. Father always provides for needs. Philippians 4 says, My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So God, our Father, through Jesus, the Son, provides all that we need in our canyon, in our prayer closet. So the prayer that you're about to pray tomorrow for a need that you don't even realize that you have right now, Jesus, the firstborn Son, in the name and power of the Father, is already providing for that need right now before you even realize it's on the radar. Father is kind. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that a, a father doesn't reprimand, but it always means that the reprimand is tempered with kindness. If you're young enough to remember getting in trouble, you remember those times when you got in trouble and you were reprimanded with kindness, and other times when you were not reprimanded with kindness. You know what I'm talking about. Titus says it this way. So when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. Because he's kind. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. He did it generously because God is kind. Through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, He extends His grace because our Father is kind. So that being justified by grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Y'all, God, our Father, is kind to us. One more. Fathers love them. talk about who writes a lot about love in the New Testament, John always comes to the top of the list. I love how when he's, when he's writing the book of John, he always refers to himself as like the one that Jesus loved. It's like he doesn't even say his name. It's just the one that Jesus loved. I was his favorite. John has a lot to say about the love of God. And he says in 1 John 3, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. And then we all know possibly the most famous verse in the Bible in John chapter 3 where you have Nicodemus that's um, one of the Pharisees of the day coming to Jesus at night. He says, okay, Jesus, what's this all about? And Jesus says, you'll notice about, here's what it's about. God so loved the world that God was willing to loved you enough for action. God, our Father, is a loving God. The word Father, when we're praying our Father, that's the word that a lot of you probably know. It's the word Abba. It means Daddy. It means Papa. It has these connotations of a little child running up to their Daddy, and they're just screaming, Papa, Papa, Papa. When we come to our Heavenly Father, 
Do you see how this is so life-changing for the people that heard this? It's not this far-off God that met on Mount Sinai with thunder and lightning and rolled around and God struck down. This is a God that longs for us to run to Him and say, Papa, Papa, I'm so excited to see you. I have a need. I I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to have this connection with you like a father has with a little child. We have a heavenly father that wants to be a spiritual dad. And I know that I need to stop here and pause for a second because I know that there are some of us that are listening in right now and they're saying, you're missing all these attributes of a father and that's not the father I have. My father is big and mean. My father was abusive. My father was absent. I know that there are a lot of us because life is messy that do not have, that did not have or do not have a father like the father that I'm talking about in God. And can I just say to you, I'm sorry if that's been your experience. I have a wonderful dad. He's been a beautiful example of what God the Father is like in a very real and tangible way. And it hurts me when I come across people and they talk about some of the ways that their relationships have been with their father.